When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with a Hollywood thriller. The star-studded battle for L.A. goes extra time. Wait till you see what LeBron did at the finish. And then speaking of spectacular finishes, the Warriors came out to play, and then Draymond said the quiet part out loud. Oh, what a night in the NBA. Meanwhile, the best Sunday of the season is in front of us. Showdowns in Philly, in Cincy, and Frankfurt, Germany, that could decide absolutely everything. All that and a whole lot more. Let's get up with you on a Thursday morning. Delighted to have you here. The sun is up. Harry is ready to go. Kmart is here. D Wood to roll. Our buddy Jay Billis is here. We will remember the legendary Bob Knight, whom we lost yesterday. So many stories. Someone we all knew, all of us at ESPN certainly knew well. And we will share some of those memories in a moment. So all that and more are on the way. But we begin by crowning the champions. Here we go. Game five World Series last night. Rangers and Diamondbacks in Arizona, Texas, looking for the first title in franchise history. But it was Zach Gallant who had other ideas. Bottom of five, the bases were loaded with two out for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And we had an opportunity there for Arizona, and they couldn't get it done. Meanwhile, as I mentioned, Gallon was getting it done for the Diamondbacks, striking out Marcus Simeon. He took a no-hitter into the seventh inning, but then it got away. Rangers still looking for their first hit, and there it is. Corey Seager so good in this series, finding the hole. That's a base hit, the first of the game, allowed by Gallon. Two batters later, two on for Mitch Garver. That's a base hit. Rangers take a 1-0 lead, and that would be the night for Gallon. Six and a third, gave up the one run, struck out six. Top of nine now. We are same score. Two on for Jonah Heim. Rangers desperately looking for a little insurance. That's a base hit up the middle. Don't miss it in center field. Oh, we got an issue. Alec Thomas lets it go by. That's an error. Two runs are going to score. Texas takes a 3-0 lead. Three batters later, it's Simeon again in the middle of so many rallies in this postseason with a chance to put it on ice. A no-doubter to left center, a two-run shot. The Rangers, a 5-0 lead, and they can smell it for the first time in 63 seasons. Here's the final out. In their 63rd season. It's happened! The Texas Rangers win the World Series! Corey Seager named the MVP a spectacular finish and capping off a spectacular run for the Rangers, and the celebration was on. Buster! Man, I'm letting out tears on a baseball field. You know, I haven't done that since I was a little kid. Um, this is why we play the game. This is why I play the game. What a group, you know, to be able to come out here and accomplish that and battle. Have all these wins on the road, you know, to never be able to do it. You know, this is just a hell of a group, and it can't be more proud to be here. Uh, Corey Seager, how about his run here? He led all players with three home runs at an OPS of 1137. He's the fourth player all time to win multiple World Series MVPs, and only he and Reggie Jackson did it with multiple teams. You see the legends on that screen, Gibson and Koufax, the others, much more on the World Series as our morning continues. But this is a morning 
in which tributes are pouring in from everywhere for the legendary basketball coach Bob Knight, who died yesterday at the age of 83. Knight was everything you think he was. He was brilliant and he was demanding. He was cantankerous and he was huge of heart. He was irreverent and he was very funny. He was also inarguably on the short list of greatest coaches in the history of American sports. Here's Reese Davis. Let's just do one thing this half. Let's play 20 minutes of basketball our way. Let's go, fellas. His basketball brilliance put him on a short list with legends like John Wooden and Dean Smith. Robert Montgomery Knight was the general, a master motivator. Now move through the offense now, come on. A formidable tactician. And it was difficult for the defense to double up on him. And the sixth winningest coach in men's college basketball history. Make sure we've got an open shot going to the bucket. And then work like hell Born in Massillon, Ohio in 1940, Knight became head coach at West Point at the age of 24, where his best-known player was Mike Krzyzewski, who would later become his protege. You're not dropping back in to help out? Tell me you're not keeping folks from getting the basketball. In 1971, Knight took the reins at Indiana. I say, boys, we're going to play basketball my way. This isn't going to be very democratic. We're not going to vote on what offense or what defense or who the hell's going to play or anything because I've forgotten more about this game than you're going to know, and we're going to play it my way. Knight's way was suffocating man-to-man -man defense and his innovative motion offense, which created open shots through ball movement. For a coach hell-bent on perfection, it seems fitting that Knight's 1976 Hoosiers are the last men's college basketball team to go undefeated for the entire season. Indiana is the national champion. They're capping off an undefeated season. Sophomore guard Isaiah Thomas led Knight to his second title in 1981. And six years after that, he would cut the nets again. The Hoosiers have won the national championship! By age 46, Bob Knight had coached Indiana to three NCAA titles and led his country to Olympic gold. His brand of basketball became the identity of a state that reveres the game. And when the iconic sports movie Hoosiers was released in 1986, with Knight at the peak of his powers, the lead character was based on him. Knight was known to be hard on his players, the media. Let me finish the answer. Okay. Is that okay, go Jeremy? Ahead. Is that fair enough? Please go right Have ahead. I interrupted your questions yet? Yes. No, I haven't. You got a long way to go to be as good as your dad and the officials. His antics at press conferences often became front page news. I've never used the expression game face, so I've no idea what it means or what you're supposed to do. Right here is the key to success in coaching. <laughs> his signature act involved hurling plastic furniture. Bobby Knight just threw his chair, chair across the free throw lane. In the late 1990s, Knight's treatment of players became a concern to the university. In 2000, one of his former players, Neil Reed, claimed Knight choked him during a 1997 practice. That same year, Knight allegedly grabbed the arm of an Indiana freshman named Kent Harvey, who addressed him on campus saying, hey, Knight. He was asked to resign in 2000. He refused and was fired. Within the next two days, 
I'm going to get together with as many students who will want to come, and I'm going to tell you my side of this thing. That's right. One year later, Knight resurfaced at Texas Tech. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. He coached in Lubbock seven seasons before retiring in 2008 with 902 career victories. At the time, the all-time winningest coach in the history of college basketball. The 1991 Basketball Hall of Fame inductee was always, until the very end, unbridled, unyielding, and unrepentant. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my ass. But for all the two decades of animosity between Knight and the University of Indiana, those feelings melted away at Assembly Hall in 2020 when the general had finally returned. Beautifully done. Jay Bill is with us here. You see Isaiah Thomas. I spoke to Isaiah last night, and, and just as an indication of the way his former players almost to a man felt about him, I mean, moved basically beyond the point that he could come on this morning and talk about it. Let's start there with what, what Bob Knight meant, in your view, to the players who played for him over the course of decades. Well, they revered him from his players at Army who were close to his age mm -hmm. uh, when he coached at Army uh, to Indiana, to Texas Tech. They revered him. You know, there were times I know, you, you know, the players feared him, but uh, the reverence is something that, that was palpable, that uh, a compliment from Knight lifted you up to a level you didn't think you could reach. And then criticism from him was a weight on your shoulders that was, was very, very heavy. You knew him away from the game in ways that most people did not. What, what can you tell people that, that they did not know about Bob Knight? We played a lot of golf together. We actually went on uh, several golf trips over the years. And, uh, and I spent a lot of time with him, when he, especially when he was at Texas Tech before he came with ESPN, and then spent a ton of time with him when we were working together. Uh, he was a great companion, uh, incredibly intelligent, very well read, was always reading a book, uh, very few of them, if any, about basketball. It was always about something else. And he led a really balanced life. Uh, he did his work in basketball, studied film, prepared, practiced, you name it. But when that was done, he knew he was done, and he would go hunting or fishing, go hit golf balls for a while, things like that. He was just as likely after a game, win or lose, the next morning, uh, to be hunting or fishing. And I think that balance was really, really helpful to him. Uh, but, but brilliant in every way. I've never seen a better coach on the floor. His ability to get in and out of teaching situations without stopping play, the way he could dissect film. And you'd be, you know, look, I'm not putting myself up with, with coaches uh, who make a living doing this, but I'm not an idiot watching film. Like, I know what I'm looking at. And you could sit and watch film with him, and he would point something out subtly in the film, and you would go, how did I miss that? <laughs> you know, like, it, it was so, he, he could dissect it. It was really, truly amazing. Oh, you were telling me before the show, he could do that with football games and baseball games. Yeah, you'd watch a football game with him, and he would point something out that happened in football that I think he could hang with anyone uh, on the football side. 
Uh, I, I really, he used to say this about Doc Councilman, uh, the, the great swimming coach in Indiana, that Doc Councilman could coach any sport and be great. And I think that was true of Bob Knight, that he could have coached any sport and been among the great coaches. He, he's, he's one of the, the truly great American sports figures of all time. And look, you liked him, I liked him, and there's no question that's the perspective we come from. I thought that the obituary we just ran did a good job of showing that he was a complicated person, and certainly there was, there was legitimate criticism to be had of some of the things he did. So now that he's gone, what is the right way to remember him? What, what is the right way for the public to remember Bob Knight? I think you have to, to look at it in the totality. Uh, I, I, as a friend of his, I never argued with, with those that did not care for him uh, because there were reasons not to, and I was fine with that. I did push back a little bit when friends of mine would say, how can you like him? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't care for that. It's like, look, you can dislike him, I can like him, and you and I can get along just fine. Uh, th that was the, sort of the stance that I took. And it was difficult for me at times because I, I couldn't excuse or rationalize some of the things that he had, had done. But I, I felt that the good outweighed the bad, and for me, you know, there were a couple, couple of things that, that we had some issues with, but it didn't, it didn't cloud the overall uh, relationship that we had. But, but I think that the totality of it, he, he was just a, a brilliant man, brilliant coach that had, had flaws, and his, his flaws were as big as life too. Um, he, and you, you knew this, Greeny, like he took up space in a room like few personalities I've ever come across. I did a thing years ago when Bill Parcells was the head coach of the Cowboys. Knight had called me and said, hey, I want you to come to Dallas and host a, we're going to have a, a conver two-man conversation at a big, big uh, theater, he and Parcells. And before the event, there was like one of these VIP deals yeah. in, a, in a room, and Knight had not gotten there yet, and Parcells was there, and you could feel how big he was. Then Knight got there. And then Parcells shrank. And that's nothing against Parcells. No, Parcells shrank in the room, and Knight took up all the room. Uh, it, it just it, it, tremendous. But, but he, had, he had these personality quirks that were so interesting. Like, driving with him was a crazy experience. One, he, I didn't think he was a very good driver. But the other part was he never wore a seatbelt. And so you would have to listen to that seatbelt chime go off. And I would tell him, like, it, it, our government does not need enhanced ter interrogation techniques. If they want to know something out of anybody, they need to drive with you and they will spill all the beans to get this to stop. And he would drink these things. Like, he didn't drink, but he would drink these concoctions. Like, he would put lemonade and Dr. Pepper together. And it was horrifying. Uh, but, but he liked it. And uh, uh, he, he was an American original. He was truly larger than life. We, we overuse that expression. He genuinely was. Jay, stay with us here if you don't mind. We'll talk more about Coach Knight as we continue. It's wonderful to have Jay in our studio. Meanwhile, an incredibly busy night in sports, and we'll get to some of the rest of it, including LeBron James, a huge win, but it came at a cost last night. Are there already major minutes concerns? Plus, to the NFL, is Sunday a must-win for Dak and the Cowboys in Philadelphia? One member of our crew says yes, and you will hear it as we roll on in just a moment. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. 
The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We are back on Get Up. The battle for Los Angeles last night. Clippers uh, still playing without James Harden, though he will be ready to roll soon. Hey, Alan Hahn, how about that necklace? It says Uno, and he's got two of them. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) That's LeBron James. We're going the other way. LeBron, Anthony Davis, throws it down. Davis had 27 and four blocks. This is a good game. A minute late to go in the fourth quarter. Down by eight are the Clippers, but here they come. Russell Westbrook looking for revenge against his former team. Knocks down a three. Then it's Paul George in the final minute, knocking down a three. It's a one-point Laker lead. Next Clippers possession. Clippers are down three. Paul George, they need three. Working on Cam Reddish. Knocks it up. Oh, we're going to call a foul. We got a foul on Cam Reddish. Alan Hahn, what do you think? Is this a good call? We'll show it again. Let's show it again for me because you see contact on the elbow a little bit, just a little bit, and there was enough to call it. Start get the call. Reddish did not like it. Uh, the crucial foul. George would hit all three free throws. 35 points for him. Final second. A chance to win it for D'Angelo Russell. But he can't get it to go. And so we're going to overtime. A Hollywood thriller with extra finish. Two minutes to go in the overtime. It's Kawhi Leonard. He's going to lose it. We're going the other way. Austin, throw it up to LeBron. Thank you. Best play in the playbook. LeBron James demands in his 21st season. Look at him flying. Lakers extend the lead to five. Minutes to go. Clippers trailing by four. Kawhi, step back. He had 38, so one-point game. 17 seconds left. Lakers up by three after the free throws. Reeves, Reddish, no. Christian Wood, yes. LeBron had 35, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, a thriller in L.A. Lakers win an OT after he played 42 minutes. First thing I said when we came to the bench when it went to overtime, I said, uh, guys killing me, man. I'm, I'm trying to keep my minutes down now. It's another five minutes. I'm adding on to it. I 
you know, I look right at D-Law. I said, knock that down for me. So, so I ain't got <laughs> so to play another five minutes. You know, there's going to be a line. It's, it's definitely a, a line that we want to kind of stay at. And, but I know when I'm on the floor, I can make plays. I can make things happen for our team. All right, look, it's a really good win for L.A. Allen is here. Monica McNutt is there. Monica, I'm old enough to remember when he was on a minutes restriction. Uh, I, I guess that goes out the window pretty quickly. What would you think of LeBron and the Lakers last night? Here's the one thing that I was struck by, Greeny. LeBron's past behavior, if that's an indicator of his future behavior in terms of success, I trust him to take care of his body. Right now, this Lakers squad is establishing their identity in the 2023-24 calendar year. And without LeBron, there is no identity. So that minutes restriction, that's cute and all, but you're going to have to put that on the back burner until this team at least figures out who they are. I do think that there's time to be mindful of the minutes, but the time is not right now. Should we be worried, Alan, that he played 42 and a half minutes in a game on November 1st? Yes and no. Well, first and foremost, let's stop comparing LeBron to everybody else when it comes to his age and how many years he's playing because we don't compare him to everybody else. We only compare him to one guy, and that's Michael Jordan. So when you're in that category, you're going to do things that most people can't do. Even Jason Tatum went to Twitter last night and said the stuff he's doing is ridiculous. Yeah. It is, but so are the minutes. Last year through five games, the first five games of the season, he actually played more minutes. But we saw what happened at the end, and that's all that matters right now with LeBron James. Not what he's doing early on. Now, he's got to help his team get established. He's still their best player, most important player. But the minutes thing is going to be a conversation they have to have eventually because we saw the battery drain in the Western Conference Finals just short of his goal to get to the finals. That can't happen again. It makes me smile when you mention Michael. But by the time Michael Jordan was LeBron James' age, he had retired twice. Not just once. <laughs> right. He had retired twice. Uh, Monica, here we go. Here's a, a, a classic greeny question for you. We watched the Lakers last night. They look good. We watched the Clippers. They look good, and they're adding James Harden. If I'm telling you right now one of those two teams is going to wind up in the NBA Finals this year, which one are you telling me it's going to be? Ooh, Greeny, it's probably going to be the Lakers just because injury history in the case of the Clippers. Listen, the Clippers did look good, and they obviously just added James Harden. But to me, the Lakers have this unique engine in LeBron James who understands that this thing is a marathon. He's won in the past. Anthony Davis obviously was a part of him winning. And if you buy that this team in that last stretch last year of March going into April after the trade deadline, if you buy that this group looks like that team, then they've got time to put it together. And that team was pretty formidable. I, I have trust issues with the Clippers as well, only because of the fact mm. that we're not going to see them playing together a lot. At least they have to. And what the Lakers do have, at least, is continuity with that group ever since the trade deadline last season. So you're telling me right now you trust them, even if I told you that Kawhi is going to be standing and playing when the playoffs begin. Well, that's different. Like I don't trust that no. he will. Yeah. I don't he trust that Paul George will. That's the price. the trust issue with the Clippers. It's not a talent issue. The Lakers have that continuity, and I trust LeBron James. All right, both of you stay close. The Warriors also had an unbelievable game in what is low-key the best rivalry in the sport right now. We'll talk about that one in a minute. And a reminder, the NBA in-season tournament begins tomorrow with a group stage doubleheader. We'll see Giannis and the Bucks hosting the Knicks. And then we'll have Jokic and the Nuggets hosting Luka and the unbeaten Mavs. Coverage starts with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Oh, Harry Douglas is here. If it's Thursday, that means That Boy Bad, which is coming up later. But give us a little preview. Oh, yes, we got a little tease. My guy, University of Louisville running back Jawar Jordan. Look at this run right here. One-on-one in the foxhole. Doesn't matter. Going to carry defenders on and on and on and on to the end zone. He 
is the sole reason why Louisville is ranked 13th in the nation right now. Jawad Jordan, you my man. That boy, bang. All right. L1C4, Louisville first, cause forever, baby. Okay, I have no idea what you just said. That having said, <laughs> we're coming up with a matchup of the year. It's Dak, it's Jalen, it's the game of the season so far. Which team has the edge at the quarterback position? We'll do the tail of the tape. Plus, did the Warriors make a golden statement last night? Can Steph and company win the West? We're talking about it as we roll on. It's Get Up on ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We are back on Get Up, bottom of the hour. Week 9 is as good as it's been in the NFL this year. Let's go through the big games. Harry Douglas, Dolphins, Chiefs, what are you watching for? Jalen Ramsey is back at the cornerback slash safety position, so I'm watching him match up with Travis Kelsey in that game that they're playing in Germany. He had an interception last week. He's a long corner. He's strong. He's physical. He's instinctive. I want to see how this matchup is going to go on Sunday. In Frankfurt, Germany, Kmart. What are you watching, Bengals and Bills? Greeny, I have the same question I have every single time the Bills play. Which Josh Allen will we see on Sunday? Not only is, does he have a propensity for turning the ball over at times, but he's also dealing with a throwing shoulder injury. So I want to see how he's doing and how he's able to, to protect the football. And then Cowboys and Eagles, Damian Woody, we're going to Philly. What are you watching for in the NFC East showdown? That man right there, Dak Prescott, if it's a big game, I'm watching to see how Dak performs. Listen, I... That, that, that performance that we saw against San Francisco 49ers still hasn't left my mind. I want to see if Dak Prescott shows up and shows out against his division rival in the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. Feels like an enormous game for him, if only for his psyche. And then on the other side, there are still all these questions about Jalen Hurts and his knee. And candidly, if you have any of those questions, don't ask him. Yeah, we got, I, got, I got to ask, any, anything new with the knee? Feel better, feel worse, different? Is that a bad question? Or what it's, not, it's not, but if you listen to Jalen Hurts, he doesn't say much about anything. Like Jalen Hurts at the podium, a little different than the Jalen Hurts when you're in the locker room. Plus, he also said last week, I'm done talking about the knee. So he was asked again about the knee, and he made it clear. But I'm he's hurt, right? I mean, I'm here. He's hurt. Yeah, but think about this. Despite him not being 100%, what's their record? How good, you know, not, yeah. so, so despite all of that, Jalen is a guy, even last year, there, towards the end of the season, he was dealing with stuff, but you wouldn't know it. He had an MVP-type season. So Jalen, injury or not, he's going to give you whatever he's got. So he's not going to tell you, I'm 75%, I'm 90%. He's not going to say so it. So taking the knee into the equation with whatever it is we think we know about it, if we were doing this like a tail of the tape like we do with boxing, yeah. Eagles, Cowboys, where are you giving the edge at quarterback this Sunday? I'm going Jalen Hurts. You know why? Because that boy, A.J. Brown, going nuclear right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're talking about that boy bad. That boy a bad man right there. And when you got a guy that has 
you know, as much we talk about Tyreek Hill all the time and with the the historic number, the historic pace that he's putting up. I mean, look at what look at what AJ Brown is doing, and I think it's like five straight games of 125 yards plus. I mean, Correct. this dude is on a historic pace himself. And longest streak in history. Longest streak in history. He is just playing on a on a totally different level, and so I know what I got. In A.J. Brown, that's why I'm picking Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I'm going Jalen Hurts, too. Uh, I think his supporting cast is way better than Dak Prescott's. Now, yeah. both of these guys had phenomenal games last week. And for Jalen Hurts, he needed every bit of it because his defense kind of let him down against the Washington Commanders. But when you look at a guy like A.J. Brown that you just mentioned, you have a Devontae Smith who had over 90 yards last week. You have a Dallas Goddard. And I think, number one, when you look at that offensive line that's the best in football right now, they're going to take it personal to make sure that their guy isn't getting hit, knowing that he has that knee injury. I'm so disappointed in the Cowboys not making any moves at the trade deadline. That said, you see Dak under my name for two reasons. One, the injury to hurts his knee. Two, the last person in the world you would think has talked me into Dak, and it's Dan Orlovsky, generally known as Dak's fiercest critic. He was in here the other day, and he was showing me all these different ways. They've changed up their offense, a new way they're using C.D. Lamb, a new way that they're running their offense. I see them adapting. I see them figuring out some of the things they've had wrong. You see them figuring out C.D. Lamb is on their team. I see them figuring out, and Brandon Cooks. That's exactly right. I see them finally, oh, you know what? This We're not going to be a smash-mouth, run-heavy team, especially if we're not going to go out and trade for Derrick Henry, which was a, a tremendous mistake and one from which they probably will not recover. So in the end, <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles are the better team, and Hurts is the better quarterback, but right this minute with him hurt, I like Dak. That said, Wow, that's a lot, Greeny. That's saying a lot. I'm saying a lot, but yes, but that's because I'm only trying to keep up with you. <laughs> yesterday on this show, yeah, I yeah, circled yeah. it when you said it. Yeah, what yeah, did yeah. you tell me about this game? I said, Kmart, right there, this is a must-win for the Cowboys. It's week nine. It is a must-win. Really, when you look at it, top to bottom roster, I understand you say the Cowboys are the better team, but top to bottom, when you look at this roster, which is the better roster? The Eagles. Okay. Yeah. Psychologically, I know, you know me. Yes. I'm on the side. Psych major. <laughs> there is something to it. And with the Cowboys, it doesn't matter, playing the Washington Commanders, playing other teams, it really doesn't matter. It's about your matchups against 49ers, the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Lions. Like, we're looking at the, who are the best teams in the NFL, in the NFC, Cowboys want to be considered one of them, right? You, how do you show up against those teams? We already saw how they did against the 49ers. This is an important statement game for them. Is this a must-win for Dallas? If they want to be the number one seed, yes. I think so. Coming out the bye. Coming out, on that thought. Well, just a moment. Coming out the <laughs> bye. Coming out the <laughs> bye. The well, Eagles I mean, have a bye. If the Cowboys win, then the Eagles are on. They, they're home. They're not, they're not playing. The Cowboys have an opportunity to play another game. And if they win back-to-back games, they would be the top seed. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, again, if you want to contend, if you want to be hosting mm-hmm. playoff games, if yes. you're the Dallas Cowboys, you can't afford to lose this game. You're going to fall that much further behind in the NFC East. I know Harry's going to talk about the schedule that the Philadelphia Eagles It is not a must-win for the Dallas Cowboys. Why not? It, it, because you look at the schedule. The Eagles' next six games, they have Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas, and Seattle. After this game against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys still have four more divisional games, and you play the Philadelphia Eagles again. They only have two losses right now. Don't tell me about who the Eagles have to play. If the Cowboys lose to the Eagles, we're talking about the Cowboys. How are we looking at the Cowboys? What are the Cowboys able to do against the better teams 
in their conference. Yeah, if they lose, it's, it's bad for the Cowboys in the sakes of us being in the media. But as far as them as a football team, they still have an opportunity to win the division but will even it if they be lose in their heads? Will the fact that they just can't beat the good teams, we'll all say it, they, but if they lost to San Francisco and they get smashed by Philadelphia, will it be in their own heads that they can't beat the big boys? No. No. That won't be in their heads. Okay, fair enough. We'll see. We'll dive more into that as we go. Much more football, and that boy bad is coming up in this hour. But the game of the night last night in the NBA was not the one in Los Angeles. It was this one, low-key. Steph Curry and the Warriors against the Kings is my favorite rivalry in the NBA right now. And Steph is just doing work. He's averaging 33.5 points a game this season, knocking down threes. That's a high-quality shot for him. Under three minutes left in the first half, that's Steph again. Warriors, a one-point lead going to the third quarter. Now we're a minute left in the game. Warriors are down by one. Give me something fancy here, Steph. Get in the lane. Alan Hahn, look at him, making the moves. Steph. Looking like he's a, a, a youngster again. Warriors up by one. Next Kings possession. Malik Monk, Demontis Sabonis, knocks it down. He had 23. Back and forth we go. Six seconds left in the game. Down by one. Warriors, where are we going for the big shot? Clay Thompson knocks it down. Six points in the fourth quarter for him. Warriors hang on and win a thriller. 102-101. And afterwards, hey, Draymond, do me a favor. Say the quiet part out loud. Last year, we had an awful team as far as chemistry goes. Um, it was pathetic. It was hard to come to work. Um, not fun, you know. Uh, and so, this year, you see the joy, you know, on guys' face when they come in the building. And you're like, okay, this is a group that likes being together. And I think, you know, we're, we're trying to build on that, and that'll be a big key to our season. McNutt, what'd you think of that? <laughs> Uh, Draymond Green podcast experience from the podium. <laughs> uh, listen, you you called it Greeny. That is the quiet part. He said it out loud. I mean, Bob Myers is now our teammate, partly because of all of that. Um, I, I think as I watched this team, though, at least last night, I thought this is a crafty group of veterans. And that matters in terms of the depth of the experience that they have in terms of winning together. Uh, they still are undersized for me when you look at the West overall. And obviously this budding, I know Steph didn't want to use the word rivalry the other day, but this could be um, a potential rivalry in the league. And so that provides some extra juice. But I, I'm not going to disrespect Steph because he does still have that type of gravitational pull. But this, if they pull this one off, it would be one of their most historic for sure. Absolutely. I love the I don't care if they want to call it a rivalry or not. I thought their seven-game series last year was the best we had yep. in the entire postseason, and I think both teams look better. Again, to be clear, when Draymond, the quiet part out loud, he's obviously talking about Jordan, Jordan Poole, Poole, right? Yeah, Jordan Poole's catching shrapnel right now in Washington. They're not. They're, they're <laughs> an awful team, too. So he was in a bad situation as he is right now, but he was pretty much exiled from that team, and they removed whatever they thought might have been the problem in that locker room, and what they did was they added a guy they thought they hated in Chris Paul. Think about it. You didn't like Jordan Poole so much, you replaced him with a guy you thought you hated mm-hmm. in, in Chris Paul, and they put him in this uniform, and he actually has been a nice piece now coming off the bench for the first time in his career, but th- th- this is a t- the rivalry thing is real. And here's how the, the schedule thing is so weird. This is the 11th time they've faced each other in the last 17 games that they've played. Yeah. Because they played in the preseason. <laughs> they've played two games already in the regular season. And obviously that seven-game uh, epic first-round series that they had. So they've seen a lot of each other. So you know you're going to have that animosity. But it is a real thing because what the Kings want to be is what the Warriors became. 
They are also built through the draft. They've got a great point guard who didn't play last night, Darren Fox. And oh, by the way, he wears Steph Curry's sneakers. Is there any more relation we can have here? <laughs> no, the, the, these, these are two teams that are going to be there all the way through. So let's run the floor here through some of the other NBA action last night. Monica, the Celtics scored 155 points in a 51-point win over the Pacers. Are they clearly the best team in the East? Uh, I just got to say defense optional for the Pacers, first of all. <laughs> but I also will add that I have been impressed with the way that the Celtics have started. Similar to the questions that we have about the East or Western Conference teams that have come together, Porzingis was a big question mark. But I think that he's done a great job. It could be the X factor for what the Celtics hope to do this season. Allen, Milwaukee, Giannis had 16, Lillard 15, Bucks lose to Toronto. What are the early impressions? Not good. I mean, it's, it's an awkward fit right now, but as we know, these things do take time, and that's why we talk about continuity of the NBA. you got to play a lot together to get it right, but forget about the offense with these two players, and Lillard had another poor shooting night. They got blown out twice. They got blown out twice because their defense stinks right now. They're giving up 122 points a game, giving up three pointers at 40% clip. The defense has got to get right, but this is an old roster. Can they do it? Monica, you had Pelicans thunder for us on ESPN last night. What was the number one takeaway? Uh, Zion Williamson is looking pretty good. He's still <laughs> just someone you have to see in the league. CJ McCollum was the reason that they came back from a 22-point deficit, the biggest deficit and comeback we've had so far in this season. But boy, does Zion look impressive. He's so explosive. And then on the other side, I just got to give a little shout out to Jalen Williams and Shea Gilders Alexander. That Thunder squad, very young, but they could yes. be doing special things this year. Absolutely. They're a team that no one knows anything about, but they're very good. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. everybody knows Zion. Monica, if I told you right now he's going to play 70 games this year, is he a legit candidate for MVP? If he plays 70 games, yes, I think he will be because you're going to be talking about this uh, Pelican squad. Last night, mind you, they're down two of their key guys in terms of Trey Murphy, who's 6'9", can shoot the basketball, can defend, and Jose Alvarado, who plays with so much heart and toughness and leads their defense. They managed the comeback that I mentioned, and Zion in particular is still incredibly dominant in the paint. His quick twitch, his ability to bounce off of the ground for offensive rebounds and his explosiveness is so impressive. Now, I will say... There's a few times that he was busy, upset about the officials, and he was behind the play that I think could be costly if he doesn't break that bad habit. But this young man is going to be a force to be reckoned with as long as he is healthy. All right, let me leave it there. We have so much to get to this morning. Alan, stay close. Monica, stay wherever it is you are. We have much more to do <laughs> as we continue this morning. Coming up, back service. biggest weekend in the NFL. Who needs the win more on Sunday in Germany, the Chiefs or the Dolphins? Plus, it is the move that is sweeping the nation. Harry's got that boy bad. Coming up next, stop showing me. Man, that boy bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Man, that boy bad. That boy bad. Boy. Oh, oh, damn, Greeny. That boy bad. That boy bad. My goodness, Greeny. <laughs> that boy bad. So watch him. Come here. I'm oh. going. Oh, my goodness. That boy bad. Let's do it again. That boy bad. It's sweeping the nation. They're all over you in Miami doing that boy badge. I got to give a shout out to everyone at Hard Rock Stadium, man. Left and right. Harry, that boy bad, that boy bad. Steve Levy, we're walking around the stadium. Also, Barry, man, and he couldn't believe it either. 
They're coming in on Twitter. We will show a little later some of the audience that boy bads that we've done. But right now, take it away. Ooh, we're going to go to CD Land. We're going to go to Dallas, Texas, Jerry's World. Now, this linebacker is probably pooping bricks right now. As soon as he see he's lined up with CD Lamb. I said last week we were going to baptize you if a linebacker was on a receiver. But guess what? We did more than baptize. Look at CD Lamb right here with the little rocker step outside. Boom. Then the last one. Dak Prescott going to scramble a little bit to the right. How does CD Lamb get this wide open? You know how? Because what? Dak boy bad. <laughs> now we're going to go to Arthur Warren Brown. My goodness. I don't care who you put on him. He too small. He too small. Get out of my way, little man. He too small. A.J. Brown, phenomenal. Dak Boy, bad. And look at this one. Just, just one hand. The man grabbed his face mask. Didn't matter. Didn't bother him whatsoever. Why? Because A.J. Brown, dead. Boy, bad. bad. And last but not least, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? He's oh. back. <laughs> Joe Burrow's back. And he's fully healthy. Look at him scrambling outside the pocket. Finals receiver. Touchdown. Joe. Oh, look at him shaking uh, Nick Bosa. Then he gets the first down. But watch Joe Burrow in the excitement when oh. he gets up. He went to yelling. And here's another touchdown to his guy, Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow has always been bad. I, I like it. I like it how angry you were that he was too small. Like, oh, that yeah. seems to really, uh, really offend you. Little man. He's too small. <laughs> Grabbing all on his face mask. He still made the one-hand catch. You know what I said? Get the piss sand off me. <laughs> get him off me. <laughs> None taken. All right. And let us make the impossible segue from that to Frankfurt, Germany, and the game this weekend between these two star quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, the best in the game, and Tua Tungavailoa, who may be playing the best in the game. And this one is a battle that we may very well remember in January if the AFC Championship game is either being played in Kansas City or in Miami. Right this minute, now Harry, I'll go right back to you. Right this minute, is Tua playing better than Mahomes? Yeah. You look at Tua, he's top five in touchdowns, top five in yards, top top five in QBR, quarterback rating. He's been phenomenal this season, throwing with anticipation, getting the ball to his playmakers, diversifying the football, ball distribution. I'm, I'm big on it. Tua's done a phenomenal job at it this year. Kmart, is that blasphemous? Not at all. If you look at, if you watch the tape and you look at the stat sheet, it is clear. That doesn't mean that is Tua a better quarterback overall than Patrick Mahomes, but right now, give Tua his due because if we're going to talk about AJ, excuse me, if we're going to talk about uh, Tyreek Hill and how he's putting up MVP numbers. Who's getting him the football? Yeah. Well, that, that may be the difference, too, is that Patrick Mahomes used to have Tyreek Hill and now Tua does. How about it? How about the way Tua is playing? The, the, the questions people have asked about the Dolphins on this show, D. Wood, is who have they beaten? It feels like every time they've stepped up in class, they've come yep. up short. This is a great chance yep. for them to quiet all of that. Statement game. Statement game, right? You're yep. going up against the top dog team that's hosted five straight AFC championship games in the Kansas City Chiefs. Their offense is not the same as we've been accustomed to with Patrick Mahomes, you know, operating the whole thing. This Miami Dolphins team, they're operating there at, a, at an all-time level offensively. Here's the question. Can we book Taylor Swift a gig in Germany? <laughs> because I've been putting up the numbers all week long. Hey, they are a much better team when Taylor Swift is in attendance. They're 4-0. They average 28 points a game when Tay-Tay is there. What's that, what that flight look like from Argentina to, to Frankfurt? <laughs> Buenos Aires. <laughs> she's in Buenos Aires right now. Yeah. 
We'll get they have friendship bracelets in Germany. We can find out what our surprise songs are going to be tonight. Okay. Everyone will scream. She's going to Germany. I have another solution. Yeah, what is it? Receivers just catch the damn football. Yeah. Well, they don't do that particularly well. <laughs> and the reason for that is because Tyreek Hill is now playing for the other team. Harry, show me some Tyreek Hill tape. Yeah, let me show you why Tyreek Hill is so difficult to cover. This guy speed on top of speed, and he scares the hell out of DBs as we roll the tape right here. You're going to see he is double covered right here. I don't know why this safety for New England is coming down because I would rather guard Tyreek Hill versus trying to come over on a speed sweep from the running back. And then you look right here. Look, he's coming down. Why are you coming down? If I'm the cornerback, I'm saying, please help. Lord, please help me. I'm on my knees praying and everything. <laughs> look right here against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. He's double covered again. Why is the safety coming forward? Mm. There was no play fake in the backfield. Tyreek Hill, again, rocker step, mm. rock him outside, inside release. To a tongue of a law, he's going to put the ball right where he needs. Speeds kills, and, and Tyreek Hill shows it every single week. Kmart, you are a media member, and people always associate MVP voting with people like you. Do you believe that A.J. Brown, for what he's doing, and Tyreek, for what he's doing, deserve serious oh. consideration? 1,000%, because both of those players, if you're, in, if you're Jalen Hurts, you just think, when all else fails, I'll just chuck it. AJ's down there somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, AJ, I think it's six straight games of 125. Right, over, it's the all-time record. And then Tyree. And Tyree, listen, part of why Tua, his MVP voting is a little, I would say suspect, but it's hard because Tyree Kill is putting up the numbers that he has. Like, this guy, he told us he was going to hit 2,000. Like, you think he could? He's, he's on his way. You know what's interesting? We talk about the impact that Stefan Diggs had on Josh Allen. We talk about the impact A.J. Brown has had on Jalen Hurts. Maybe, D. Wood, we should be talking about the impact that Tyreek has had on Tua. Oh, absolutely. Again, Harry, you talked about one thing you can't teach in this league, you can't teach speed. And speed scares everything, and speed changes everything about how you, how you operate, particularly on offense. So when you have that on the outside, Combined it with Jalen Hurts, who's, I mean, not, not Jalen, Jalen Waddle, mm -hmm. who has a lot of speed himself. The, op, the offense can operate so much more efficiently, Greeny. And I'm glad you brought up Jalen Waddle. So I did the game this weekend with Steve Levy, right, on ESPN Radio. Yeah. And literally Tyreek Hill goes in motion to the right. And to a pump fake, this play right here. And all the attention is on Tyreek Hill because of that speed. And Jalen Waddle gets a wide open touchdown down the middle of the football field. That's the dynamics of having a guy like Tyreek Hill on your team offensively, it changes everything and the dynamics of what they do. Well, if we were to try, as we uh, finish up our hour here, Cindy, come out quickly if you could. If we were to try to use three words to sum up Tyreek Hill and just how, how uh, dangerous he is as a player, what three words would we use? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. That's not the three. I was, I was expecting you to say that boy bad, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought we'd try to tie the whole thing together there. I didn't, I didn't choreograph that. I didn't telegraph that. You should have gave me a wink. Quite enough. <laughs> Either way. All right. As we continue, a Hollywood thriller last night, a star-studded battle for L.A. that went to overtime. Wait till you see what LeBron did at the finish. It's on the way. It's Get Up on ESPN. Harry, what three words should we use? Dead boy bay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.